This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. Once again, this is your boy East Coast Trev. We are at the Springfield Sportsman Show up in Massachusetts once again, last day of the show. And I have been presented with the opportunity to actually have a booth here because of my good buddy Nate from Circle Tackle. So we decided that we'll get him on here. I don't know how much he's going to talk. He was trying to talk in Braille, but it's not really going to work out. So (laughs) how are we doing, Nate? What's going on, Trev? Hey, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Thanks for thinking about me and, and, and giving me a boost space up here, bro. It really means a lot. Dude, we're all together in this. I know. So, so you did you? I want to I want to kind of dive into your products and, and what you actually do because you you've been going on for this for quite some time, right? I mean, Circle Tackle wasn't Circle Tackle. No, I've been doing this for eight years now. Jeez, man! I started on Amazon, sold a ton of stuff on Amazon. Decided I was gonna branch out and start my own brand. I got into custom packaging, trademarking, and we came into some issues there and. The rest is history. We started Circle Tackle, and we're growing ever since. You've been taking off since then, man. So why don't you dive into what Circle Tackle is um, and and what you got kind of going on? So basically, Circle Tackle is what we're trying to do is bring great products to anglers at great prices. Okay. Um, I started this business because I was tired of going into these really big shops paying expensive prices, high prices, for tungsten. Tungsten's expensive, bro. Well, you probably know more than I do, It's ridiculous. And to go into a shop and spend $30, $40 on four or five lures is kind of crazy. Right. So that's where I started my product, and that's where I started my journey, trying to give anglers like myself high-quality products at a reasonable price. And you, you've probably learned a metric ton about lures and lure making throughout this whole entire process. I couldn't even imagine. It's it's a journey of learning lures, learning techniques, learning what the anglers themselves need. Right. 
and trying to adapt to that, especially coming from the Northeast, we don't have walleye. We don't have lake trout. And we don't have an abundance of them. Yeah, we have walleye, but you know, you might sit all week and catch one. Whereas the guys out in Minnesota, Wisconsin, all those areas. Upstate New York. New York. They're catching them one after another all night long. I'd say that is the truth of that. And, and we don't, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, other than the, the, the state-stocked Lakers, we don't really have that. I mean, you have to drive quite a bit, I mean, from our region. Here in Mass, we really don't have any stocks. Right. So, you know, a lot of my buddies, they'll get up at 2 in the morning, and they will drive two, three, four hours, and Jeez. they finally get on the ice. And, you know, I don't have that time. So to develop my new series of circle, full-circle series rods... I've had to reach out to the anglers in order to perfect them. It's been a huge journey. These rods took me two, three years to come out with. Wow. Prototypes after prototypes, and we kind of perfected them. So what, what is your line? I mean, why don't you break your line down from what you, the, 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 the couple different rods that you do offer? So we offer the Dex rod. The Dex rod is a quick tip rod, great for panfish, great for indoor and outdoor fishing. Um, we also have an Alpha Series rod that is a flat tip rod. You know, I love that rod. Probably one of my favorites. The reason I love that rod and everybody loves that rod is that it eliminates the need for a spring bobber. I think that's a nice part about it. Because, all right, so when you get out on the water, how many times have you messed up a spring bobber? Or, you know, like St. Croix, right? St. Croix, for example, they have the built-in spring bobber, so they have the eye on the back of the rod, and then they have their spring bobber. But the problem is you can't, you're not going to be able to fish a 7 mil tungsten on it Absolutely or a 5 not. mil tungsten on it because it's just going to bend it out over. And the nice thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, these rods have a nice fluorescent tip to them. So the and visibility. The visibility is much higher mm-hmm. on these than you are going to get on a spring bobber. Some spring bobbers might have those fluorescent balls at the end of them, but those, all of those do is get caught up on the line and right. freeze know, they up. End up. They end up causing an issue. Mm-hmm. And with the flat tip that your presentation of the bait can be illustrated visually for the angler. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you have crappie coming up from the bottom. You have perch coming up from the bottom. You can actually watch that tip. It's preloaded on some of these bigger jigs. And as they come up, you can watch that tip come up. And then you can set the hook and really feel them. Now, you came out with another. So you have the decks. You have the flat series. And then now you have the other, the other rods that you have going on. So, yeah. you have, so you have the Dex, the Alpha, and then you have the Full Circle. We have the Full Circle, yes. That's, and those that's are a, a little bit bigger, longer rods. Yeah, those are, you know, for our area out here in the Northeast, we're not used to using, you know, 31, 36-inch rods. Out West, they're using all the way up to, like, 46-inch rods on some of wow, these. Wow, I didn't even notice that or realize that. Because a lot of them, they don't even fish in shanties, a lot of these guys. They wheel and deal on the, on the quads and bounce around, which is kind of cool, man. I mean, I wish we had those opportunities. Yeah, and they're really hardcore fishermen, especially those guys out in Wisconsin. They're, I got guys that are using my rods in negative 40-degree conditions, and they're not even wearing gloves half the time. I can't comprehend that because up here, you know, 7 degrees, and some guys won't even go outside of the house. It's, it's 30 degrees, and everybody's in a shanty. Yeah, it's, it's so, a different breed. So those full-circle rods... 
I just want to break it down for everybody. They're a little bit tougher to use inside of a shanty. They are they're definitely a little bit tougher. Um, hub hub design shanties are, are yep. you know perfectly fine. Um, but when you're in a flip over, which is common around here, they become an issue. So you're going to want to stick to the shorter rods, you know, anywhere from 24, 27, 29. Mm -hmm. um, they're really going to allow you the maximum hook set when you're inside a shanty. So, and, and throughout your tungsten jigs, I mean, how many different tungsten jigs do you actually carry? I wish I knew. I oh, mean, yeah. I don't, you keep, start keeping track of everything. You're going to go kind of crazy. Right. Uh, we are, you know, slowly in, venturing into digitalizing everything. Right. Um, like I said, the reason we had to start over was the packaging. So now we're up and running. We're, we're going full speed, you know. It's kind of getting crazy. Right. And... I would say between sizes, shapes, colors, we got to be over 130 different jigs right now. So you offer you offer a seven mil. So in the tungsten, seven mil, three mil. I mean seven mil, five mil, and then a three mil. Yes, a three mil. So is, those are your micros. Yeah, extremely small, and they do definitely have their place in the fishing. And, and I mean, not only do you have tungsten jigs, but you have also your wax worms. And all of your, your flies and so on and so forth, which are not normal flies, what everybody else would expect them to be. No. They're, what they're doing is they're imitating waxworms, bloodworms, and mousies. Yeah. And um, they are extremely effective towards the, the trout, the rainbow trout, the brown trout. Mm -hmm. And That later they, in the day bite when things start to slow down, those I, seem to pick up. Exactly. I find myself in the shanties you know, around noontime when all the bites are starting to dwindle off. Tying one of those on and dropping it in a slow presentation, the fish just can't help but be interested in them. Right. And when they come up, they're so, even though they have a tungsten jig on them, to send, or bead head on them, to send them down, they come up and they kind of try to peck at it to kind of taste it and feel and what, what it is. Like about, yeah. Especially with the alpha rod, you can see them suck on that bait mm -hmm. in order to taste it, but by suck the time they... Bait. <laughs> but by the time but by the time they end up tasting it you already have them in up in the top mouth. side yeah, yeah exactly exactly i think you know it's kind of funny as we talk about it and you know we've talked about it personally like when that bite starts to slow down and you put on what i call is your flies they are painful to watch fall down they sure are but when they get down there it's all worth the ride yeah, and it's amazing because, you know, I'm at the show here, and I feel, like, guilty because a lot of people are tagging me in photos. They're, they're, I must have had 10 messages today of a beautiful trout getting caught on those flies. Right. Because they put, a, put them on the jaw jacker, and those... Oh, they just leave them right on the jaw jacker. They leave them right on the jaw jacker. They put them right below the ice. And these guys are... They will, hands down, outfish any tip-up fisherman out there. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Exactly. And around here, we're allowed, you know, some states, five, sometimes six tip-ups. And they put those jaw jackers out, and they will... Hammer on them. They will hammer on them compared to the rest. So so speaking of jaw jackers and, and um, what's the, the Arctic Warrior, um, what rod would you recommend for that? Because I know that, that that's something that a lot of people are starting to go into is that is that realm... It is. It's, it's a very difficult rod to produce. Right. The rods that 
need to be. Do you have a special one coming out for those? I do. I'm working on it. it the problem is, is that you need a specific blend of carbon okay. and fiberglass in order okay. to create a rod that's not going to oh, explode over time because of the constant pressure on them and They're the preload on it. And I've had rods that I personally had purchased to accommodate to the jog jacker and. I look over, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, and they're completely splintered in half. So it's a tough thing to put a... And I bet you a lot of people don't realize that or understand that. There's a lot going into the build of a jawjacker rod. What eyes you're going to use, what eyelet you're going to have at the tip, because most custom rods or our full ser circle series rods, they have what most people would look at and say, oh, that's a fly guide, a guide for a fly rod. And you need something like a Fuji eye to them that have the triangles on either side of the, the guide. Okay. In order to put the loop in, in order to put it into the automatic fishing I tripping see. mechanism. So, so it's, it's, it's one of those things you really have to pick and choose what you're going to use in one of those things. And everyone's different. They want a, you know, a medium heavy. They want a medium. They want a light, depending on what rod and what they're doing. Jeez. And then it breaks down into, okay, yeah, that's good. But now we need to know what length they're going to have them at. I so see what you're saying. what we're trying to do is narrow down the eyes, narrow down the, the blend, narrow down the cork. Because I've had guys say, hey, we're, we're fishing these jaw jackers. Next thing you know it, it's a warm day and it turns cold. We have a bunch of water in the end of the tube. And the reels seats themselves end up freezing in. And the fish take the, the bait. And how do you set the hook? Right. How, do you, how do you fight that fish when it's stuck to the jawjacker? Right. Or the automatic fisherman. Ooh, so that's a tough that's a tough battle for you to it, to kind of conquer. It truly is, and now you want to produce a rod that is going to sit in that jawjacker and not max out the depth of the rod holder. Right. So it's not sitting in that water. Jeez. So you kind of got to mess around before you build this rod. You really do, because even though it's user error, mm -hmm. that's going to come back on my product. Right. Of course. I mean, that's that's with working with the general public, my friend. Exactly. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I have guys that I work with that are sponsored by Jaw Jackers, sponsored by Automatic Fishermen. Right. And, and that's, you know, it's two, three-year process in order to just come out with rods just for that. Right. Right. So in the full c circle series... Which are kind of like your uh, flagship rods. Um, what do you offer in those? Because you have the dead stick, the panfish, the lake trout walleye, and then a missing one. Uh, so we have the panfish 36, we have the walleye, the dead stick, and then we have the lake trout walleye. And okay, okay, that's where yeah. I mix the two of them up. Yeah. They're very specific. Uh, I designed these rods, you know, basically for the walleye and right. all the other species, but I never named them. And that comes down right. to, okay, I want to produce these rods. I spent two, three years producing them, but last minute, we never even thought about what we, what we would name them. Right. And because we didn't think of that, I was Googling stuff, trying to figure out names that weren't taken. And mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not going to take that away, this product away from the shelves and the consumer because I can't think of a name. Right. So, so what, are you, what are you getting yourself into by hiking into these places? I have always been somebody that likes to do remote. I hike over the years. Guy's dropping pepperoni behind you. Yeah. 
It's the end of the show. I'm good. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, heartburn for the rest of the night. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I like to hike in because hiking in gives me remote access to right. fish that wouldn't normally get targeted. So what would you do or how would you find your way around a spot by doing it remote like that? Well, a lot of places that I target are smelt, smelt fisheries and they are places that are flood control. Okay. So sometimes in the summertime, they drain them down upwards of 70 to 90 feet. What? But that's my advantage because I can go out there in the middle of the summertime and mark my locations. And I guess it really is pack of time. Yeah, I don't whatever. Know if you can hear that. Who cares? But I can, I can pinpoint and drop on Google or I can do it on Navionics and find features that I can fish when that water level goes up, especially when you're targeting perch. You can find the mud flats. You can find the brush piles. You can. Is find that an area? I mean, where where would be? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but would that be the area that you're looking for? Those mud flats and stuff? Are you looking for structure? Are you looking for deviation? I mean, what do you? It all depends on the day because these are all areas that are known to carry fish before their spawn. Before their spawn, or you know, a lot of these places have streams that are natural streams. But when you fill it up, those crayfish are still there. Right. That's their, their food source. If they're not feeding on these smelt or these minnows, they're feeding on crayfish. They're feeding on the bugs. Like this year, I, I did a hook set on one of these big perch, and it must have been in a brush pile, and I brought, brought it all the way to the surface and had a, a briar in its lips. But I wouldn't know that unless I went there in the summertime and figured out where these fish were and where the possible areas would be right and then a lot of times google you can look at google and it still shows them in the summertime and that's important it's important to pay attention to those things those sandbars those those big tributaries where the points come out and the structures and so on and so forth and you bounce around if the fish aren't there then you move on to the next feature absolutely and you know it, you might not find that feature right away but you can get within 30 feet right you know our our gps is basically within 30 feet so we just start pouncing poles every five feet and eventually find those and we we get we target on. those yeah and if they're not there we might find an inside bend if we're going for trout mm -hmm. or crappy you know those couldn't be suspended or they can be right on the bottom i think it's kind of crazy some of the the little things and that you do different than a lot of other people like the ice flies underneath the water and then you also use um on tip-ups you don't use shiners you're using different lures and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I got tired of lugging huge, heavy stuff one, two, three miles through the woods in order to get these spots because right now, those remote spots are producing still and people aren't following me to those and people aren't overfishing them. So I can go out, I can get product photos, I can take videos, I can do all those things mm -hmm. and not worry about people tapping me on the shoulder and ask me what I'm using, where I'm going. I'm a kind of a humble fisherman, and I like to be alone. I'm a lone wolf. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean. Because those fish are a little bit stupider, I guess, right? Not necessarily. But by doing this, I end up finding species that you don't even know exist, like in these bodies of water. Okay. Because nobody wants to go to them. I, I fished one place for 15 years, and nobody knew that there were pike in it. Imagine fishing for trout for 15 years in one place and you have eight pound test on and you catch a 43 inch pike on a tip-up come on take us into it 
it happens. You know, you're catching white perch in places that you don't know. You fish. It's you got you got like going back on that man. You caught an absolute monster pike in an area that nobody even knew there was pike existed. Exactly, and we had to drill a second hole. We had to snowman the hole just to get them out. And it was almost close to a record fish. It possibly could be, but we're not going to get completely into those because <laughs> once these areas get exposed, I mean, I can go to places that don't get fished all year round just because they don't want to take the trek in. I don't understand why people are so darn lazy. They don't want to go above and beyond. I don't know, but over the last few years, I don't fish much for freshwater, open water, and I, if I have a few, few hours to take, I go for brook trout, and I just love going in the woods because I can find my mushrooms, I can find my leeks in the springtime, I can, I can learn the land more, and I'm by myself, and I feel, you know, I've learned a lot since I, I had kids, and watching those young kids go to the mall or go somewhere, and they just get lost. And I find myself doing that in the woods, not not necessarily even going for, you know, turkey or mm -hmm. anything. I find myself enjoying the woods with nothing in my hands, just walking for hours. That's awesome, man. Well, on that note, dude, I want to know what drives Nate outdoors. Yeah, just having a good time and researching products. You know, it's been great talking to all you guys at this show, and and it's positive feedback and just being outside man and over the years i feel like the more more harsh the condition the more i enjoy it in the woods <laughs> it's, 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 it's as odd great. as it sounds yeah. <laughs> yeah but the only thing is those ticks are terrible in the rain i don't know you can't what? feel them you can't see them and you get in the car and they're already in you I, I, I think it's crazy because over the years it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse with the ticks. It's it's terrible. I have mm -hmm. spots that I go looking for mushrooms and there's 25 ticks on me in Jeez. the course of 10 minutes. So Damn. That's wild, man. Well, Circle Tackle, where can we find you online, man? Where where should they they see you and and see what's going on with uh, with with Nate and Circle Tackle? You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, we have our own website, circletackle.com. Uh, we got a lot of guys that you can see online using our product, the mm -hmm. Fishing Doctors Adventures up in Canada. We, we're getting a lot of exposure, and we're expanding pretty quickly, and it's been great hearing the positive feedback this weekend. Absolutely, man. And, you know, before we kick this thing off, I just want to know, what, what does Circle Tackle have to come that people need to look forward for? Right now, we are working on flutter spoons for next year. Whoa. We are searching for... Like saltwater flutter spoons or ice um, fishing flutter spoons? Like where ice are you trying fishing. To go? You know, flutter spoon... The thing with Circle Tackle is that we started and we were known for ice fishing. I have a full-time job. I've been working on right. asphalt for 20 years, and I'm trying to, you know, make this my career. So expanding into more seasons is what I'm trying to do. Right. I'm trying to do it in a successful way that I can still work my normal job right where winners I have off so, so kind of plug away at new things as yeah, you go along bring me into spring or bring me into fall or bring me into those areas that you know I can dedicate my time because anytime you guys order it's in the mail 12 hours mm -hmm. it's it's you know if it's shipping from mass all the way up to New York or New Hampshire Vermont a lot of times the guys are calling me saying how did you get it to my house and 24 hours 
It's because I'm on it, because I care about you guys, and I, I want to bring products, and I want to have a good reputation. Well, you heard it yourself from Nate from Circle Tackle, man. Uh, thanks for joining us on this. Thanks for allowing me to hang out with you this weekend in the booth next door. Uh, it was an absolute blast, man, and I look forward to the future that we have to hold, man. Sounds good, man. We'll see you again. And everyone else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.